Hello and welcome to Macpreneur, the show that explores how entrepreneurs from all around the world are running their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schroes and this is episode 2. coming from so my name is uh, Joe Allen and I am in the UK so what do you do and um, how did you become uh, an entrepreneur so I uh, I make iOS apps that uh, help people produce better video and audio content um, and that kind of started when I was creating content like that myself the very first job that I had um, just after just after college or what we call college here in the UK um, was as a videographer, um, we were doing kind of only small projects, but kind of small TV pilot style projects and low budget stuff. Um, and something that we needed, a tool that we needed, but couldn't afford was a teleprompter. So just being the kind of person that I am and I'll kind of fit around with things and try and come up with a basic solution. I, I wrote myself the world's most basic teleprompter. In fact, I think our first script was hard coded mm-hmm. into the app. Um, but yeah, it kind of went from there and I, and I had a few friends and family suggest that maybe I should try and just see what happens if we release it to the world in the app store and it's kind of gone from there. That was maybe about six or seven years ago and, and I'm kind of still doing the same thing today. So you were still with uh, that, that company at the time? So at that, that was probably even before I had my first full-time employment. That, um, when I was making video content, was kind of a part-time friends and family and referrals type job where uh, nothing was really truly serious but it's the first time I ever made money from something so I, I tend to call it my first job but yeah so that was before I even got into any kind of full-time employment and um, yeah it's very very early days. And so when you started releasing your iOS apps mm-hmm. you did that on the side then or uh, as a side gig or? Yeah, so I was, you know, doing this video work and and just as a hobby, kind of building a few apps and pieces of software and and just doing for my own entertainment value, really. And I continued that as as a kind of side project for a number of years. And it helped me take away the fear aspect of running a business, if that makes sense. So there was no waking up at night and wondering whether or not what I put out is going to pay the bills next month. So that really helped. It was a side project for probably five or six years. And maybe I should have taken it seriously a little bit earlier, but I can't regret anything, so I, I won't say that. And so you you focused on one type of application, right? I eventually did, yeah. Um, when it was more of a hobby for me, I, I would kind of put out anything that I could think of if I I'd built a very basic game and I would just release that and I was kind of getting enjoyment out of the whole development and design and marketing and publishing kind of side of things so I I didn't really have any specific goal in mind other than just to put some things out there for fun and so I, I have had very basic games and other kind of productivity apps that I kind of came up with we're talking really 
really basic stuff, nothing too serious really, but the the consistent the consistent earner for me was was production apps, particularly um the teleprompter app that I made very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it eventually became clear that perhaps that's what I should focus on. And yeah, and that and that's that's what I did. I, I went ahead and did that. And so since since when um is uh, iOS app development your your full time gig? Full time has probably been about a year now, um, mm. being a full time um, investment for me. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was kind of seriously part time, if that makes sense. So two or three days a week of full time work, but of course, two or three days a week isn't full time work. Mm. Um, that was probably longer. That was probably about two or three years. Um, so let's say four years ago was when I started taking it quite seriously and about one year ago was when I took it full time and, and that was all that I do. So since you're you're releasing iOS apps, mm-hmm. you're using Xcode? Absolutely. On which machine are you doing that? So right now I am using the uh, Trashcan late 2013 Mac Pro mm-hmm. and it does actually work quite well for me. It is a little bit old. Mm-hmm. There are things I wish it did and things I wish it had, but actually it's a it's a pretty pretty sturdy machine for me. It certainly beats the 2009 MacBook Pro that I started with. But yeah, I, I am eagerly awaiting an upgrade for that now. Mm-hmm. But so far, it's not really much for me. Not tempted by the iMac Pro that was released? Uh, see, I see. I've in, Now that I've got a Mac Pro, I've invested in kind of two nice displays and some speakers and a webcam and everything. And the iMac Pro does look really, really cool, really cool. But mm-hmm. I, I can't face I can't face upgrading to an all-in-one. I mean, it probably would pay off. It's a, it's a powerful machine. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I need a little bit more of that now, but I'm going to hold off. I, I'm waiting for Apple's somewhat promised modular desktop machine that's apparently on its way somehow. And so apart from the the Mac Pro, mm-hmm. what other devices do you use? So I do have a couple of MacBook Pros. One's just my old one that I, I haven't bothered selling or anything. Um, so I use the first generation of Touch Bar MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. the 13-inch. Um, that's just my mobile um, solution. I don't really use that unless I'm out of the country or something and I need a Mac with me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I have a selection of iOS devices um, that help me build and test the different apps that I make. Um, so my day-to-day phone is an iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have access, I've actually got a rack behind me, I keep looking at it, um, of just different iOS devices that I can pick and choose from. Mm-hmm. So I, I have an iPhone 8 Plus and an iPhone 7 Plus. These are basically just my old, my old day-to-day phones that I just keep hold of to continue to test apps. Mm-hmm. And then I also have iPads in the various different sizes. I've got a, a 9.7 inch, the kind of classic size um, of Mac, iPad Pro, sorry, the 12 inch iPad Pro and an iPad mini. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else I have? Not particularly. I mean, in, in my in my house, I've got some Apple TVs, but I don't really use those for business purposes, really. Um, but yeah, so I've got quite a selection available to me. Mm-hmm. I try to make use of a lot of them. And I'm certainly well invested. Mm-hmm. And the Apple Watch? I do, yeah. I, I I actually have two watches. I have the very first generation, or, or what some people call Series Zero. Mm-hmm. And I have the... Series two, I think it's series two. Yes, it's not series three. It's not the uh, 
not the cellular one with the red crown. Um, mm -hmm. So a Series 2 and a Series 0 Apple Watch, both 38 mils because I've got tiny wrists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what, what do you like the most of this uh, Apple ecosystem? So to be honest, the Mac is what sells me into the entire ecosystem, I think. Mm -hmm. Compared to other desktop computers, it's just something I find myself much more comfortable using. And that's not to say that I don't like using a, a Windows computer or a computer with a different operating system. It, it's just, it's the one that seems to make the most sense and, and has the most kind of intuitive and simple but clever solutions for what are simple things that seem to be quite hard to do on other platforms. Perhaps I'm not as well uh, as well versed on other platforms, but it's the, it's the thing that I trust the most is the Mac. And so it kind of makes sense to then use your Apple TV so it syncs up your iTunes and, and, and have your iPhone so that the apps sync across and your cloud sync and everything else along those lines. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely the Mac. The Mac is what sells me into the ecosystem every time. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess Xcode is, is one of your apps of choice? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I say it's of choice. It's almost of necessity, really, mm -hmm. um, if you're building iOS apps. Unless you want to go an unusual route, you, you kind of have to use Xcode. Although it's a good app. It, it has improved a lot recently, mm -hmm. particularly over the last kind of three or four years. It seems to have got a lot better as Apple have seemed to have taken developers a little bit more seriously and given those, given them a little bit more tools. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's starting to run a bit slow on this, this Mac Pro of mine now. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a heavy app. It's a demanding app. But yeah, it's a daily one for me. I've got that open every day. And what other apps do you use? So on my Mac, let's have a little think. I will, I tend to be using Sketch a lot for design work. Mm -hmm. I used to use Photoshop for similar purposes, although Photoshop is arguably not really a design tool compared to, let's say, something like Illustrator. But Sketch is actually a really, really great app for specifically digital and UI design. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you are using Photoshop to design things at the moment, Sketch might not be a great replacement for everything, but for digital and UI design, it's really, really nice. Um, it's kind of one of those great apps. It's a good example of what a Mac app really should be. It's really well designed. It's very often updated with not only kind of fixes, but different features and things. But yeah, it's it's just a great app, great Mac app. I'm using it a lot for design, design recently. I use the, the native Trello app on my Mac, although the, the web experience is quite nice as well. Mm. It's kind of very, very similar to the web experience, which I assume is what makes it a great app, really. It's, it's just super simple, super quick, but it helps me keep things organized. Almost all of my projects have their own Trello board. Mm -hmm. I have to, again, that's another thing that I have open daily behind Xcode. And then I use a couple of services like 1Password and uh, Dropbox, um, so I can have all my, you know, my um, login information accessible to me everywhere, and I can keep them nice and nice and secure and randomized and things like that. Um, oh, and I use Backblaze actually as an offsite backup. Mm -hmm. I like using that. It seems to keep out of the way. It seems to do a good job of it. And it's kind of quite nice to forget about it and just leave it going. Um, I go back up crazy, actually. I, I can't, <laughs> I've got this nightmare of things going wrong. So my, my Mac Pro only has 256 gig SSD in it, which isn't quite big enough. So I bought a RAID hard drive. Mm -hmm. so I've got a hardware back up there and then I have a type machine plugged in and I have Backblaze and of course some of the stuff that I have on Dropbox I can access you know from Dropbox if I need to mm -hmm. but yeah so I quite like Backblaze it seems to be quite a nice little app and it's nice and cheap to sign up for um, yeah Backblaze it's really a great solution mm, 
Really, really good. Did you know that it's possible to enter your private encryption key? I have seen that. I have seen that. I haven't actually investigated it too much, mm -hmm. but I like that that is an option. It kind of gives you that peace of mind that mm -hmm. nobody else has ownership of your files other than you, um, mm -hmm. which is quite nice. Um, do they still offer a physical hard drive of your backup if you need it? I, th I think that's what I saw. Yes, so, but you have to pay for the hard drive and pay for shipping. So internationally, right. it's... <laughs> yeah, I suppose that could get quite pricey, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I, I just thought that was quite a nice... Rather than trying to download it, perhaps you haven't got the best broadband connection. Mm -hmm. It's quite nice to have one sent to you, maybe. Um, yeah, I thought that was quite a cool option as well. Mm -hmm. Since you're using one password, mm -hmm. you could generate the encryption key with one password, save it there. Yeah, have it nice and secure. And then in the Backblaze preferences, there is an option for the private encryption key. I do keep telling myself to do that, so maybe I will. Yeah, there is also a companion iOS app. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So does that do anything? Does that just let me access my files? Yes. So it's one way to access some of the files if you want it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I didn't actually think about that. That might be useful. Yeah. And it's compatible with the private encryption right. keys. So. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's quite cool, actually. Mm -hmm. On your iPhone or on your iPads, what apps are you using? Uh, so I, I, I actually use quite a lot of the, the mobile versions of the Mac apps that I use. So, um, Again, I have one password on there, and so I can keep my logins, and you know, it makes things really easy. And Dropbox, of course, didn't realize I could get Backblaze, so I'll be getting that as well. Mm -hmm. I find it saves an awful lot of time whenever I'm, I'm, you know, out somewhere, and I, I need access to a file that I know is on my Mac. Luckily, I have it on Dropbox, and I can just bring it up on my phone or something like that. It's that mm -hmm. that's quite useful. So actually, having Backblaze will mean I have access to absolutely everything, which will actually be even more useful. To be honest, I, I keep my app usage on my phone fairly low, other than a few things that I do use. Um, I use the uh, MailChimp app just to keep on top of um, my MailChimp subscribers and some of the campaigns that I do. It's quite a nice app. It can't do too much in it, but it gives me some access to some info, so I find myself checking that every now and then. I use Zendesk for customer support, mm -hmm. support tickets and things. Um, they have a really nice iOS app which I think lets you do pretty much everything you can do on their web interface in the app. Um, it's really nice for organizing tickets and you get instant push notifications rather than relying on the um, email notifications, which sometimes don't arrive or, or, or whatever might happen. Um, yeah, and it's great. It gives you all the kind of different ticket statuses and things like that. Um, so if you've got a kind of complex Zendesk setup that's got all your automations in place, the mobile app is really handy for that um, and I find myself doing most of my customer support on my phone just because I can reply very quickly that way and it, it you know it saves me spending even more time in on you know in front of my desk doing something on my computer. Um, so I really like the Zendesk app and I use a service called App Figures which is specifically for uh, app developers to get a little bit um a nice visual representation of the um app store sales and and your trends over the last few months. Um, they have a really nice web interface and they've got a, a it's nice but simple um ios app um you can't quite do as much as you can on the web but it's uh, it's handy to have in your pocket and check mm -hmm. rather than finding a computer or logging in online um, mm -hmm. so yeah I, I tend to use those quite a lot occasionally i'll use google sheets um for some spreadsheets um, i don't really know why i use it instead of numbers I don't know, I just, I seem to have already invested my time in Google Sheets, so I have that there, um, just for a few different things that I might need to check up on and make some changes to on my phone. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably about the limit to what I do on my phone or any of my iPads. 
just curious, does Apple provide an iOS app for tracking downloads or purchases of your apps? They do. They, they have an iTunes Connect app, which mm -hmm. I assume also supports um, things like music sales um, and thing, other things that you can sell on iTunes. It's okay. It, it, it's not great, really. Um, their web interface is much better. Mm -hmm. the, the iOS app is it's okay. It, it, it's good because it's always the first to update, of course, because it comes from Apple. You don't have to wait for someone else's server to refresh the numbers. Um, but I will always pick app figures over the iTunes Connect app. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, yeah. But yeah, they do. They do provide one. And uh, yeah, I guess because you have to test different versions of your app. Yeah. Uh, you have also different version of iOS. I tend to keep my different versions of iOS as low as possible. I do have different versions installed. Mm -hmm. Luckily, iOS is a platform that stays very, very up to date. So I tend to keep maybe one device, perhaps one major update behind. Mm -hmm. And I don't even mean an entire iOS version. Um, I mean, like a sub version. So mm -hmm. I think we're on 11.3 right now. And I think I have a couple of devices that are on 11.1 slash 11.2. And just because I can't update it anymore, I do actually have one device that's on 9.3 because it's a very old device that doesn't even support iOS 10. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I, I tend to find that my users will be, the majority will have the very latest version installed mm -hmm. and then the majority of the remaining users are only behind by perhaps one or two updates. Mm -hmm. So I do have multiple versions running, but it's not something I, I you know, I spend too much time, you know, investing in different versions of iOS. Since you have an Apple Watch, mm -hmm. what do you like the most about it? I I love it for notifications. I really do. I think that's I think it's great for that. I really don't use it for anything else. I really don't. I sometimes I'll glance at the health data that it gives me. Perhaps if I've done something that day that I'm interested in seeing what numbers I got. I don't use any apps on it. I, I mean, a couple of my apps do actually support Apple Watch, but it's, it's used by a tiny, tiny number of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, very odd. It's odd. I, I don't know what's going to happen about that, really, if, in terms of the apps on the watch. I hope they get better, but I don't really, I don't know, I can't see myself using any at the moment. I don't know. It's strange. So it's an advanced watch with notifications for you? Yeah. Yeah, right now that seems to be what it is. I mean, I quite like it for, I suppose I have a few of my um, airlines apps mm -hmm. installed, so I tend to travel with British Airways a lot and... If you have the app installed on your phone, then it will install on your watch if you have that enabled. Um, and it's quite good for its rich notifications, like it will let you know when you know your your flight gate opens and things like that. Um, but again, I think that comes under notifications more than anything. I don't tend to open the app. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I'll use Apple Pay every now and then on it, but mm -hmm. other than that, yeah, I'm not using it too much for too much else. What did you discover recently? Like a tip, a trick, or a functionality that that you wish you knew before so i recently i suppose within the last kind of couple of years i got more and more into using automator on the mac and building workflows into kind of the right click action on finder mm -hmm. it was more useful for the job that i used to do because um, we used to deal with lots of files and things um, but i spent a lot of time creating a custom workflow to rename a bunch of files mm -hmm. But now I've discovered in the latest version of Mac that you can actually bulk rename files with right click out of the box and it's the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. So you can have 2000 files and you can select them all and rename them 
and and really quite powerfully you can replace words or or give it a number in structure it's brilliant it's my favorite thing at the moment mm -hmm. so talking about files you were mentioning in the pre-show about file organization yeah could you please explain a little bit so i am very lazy organizing files i tend to keep everything in Dropbox so I have access to it so that's fine so most of the stuff that I work on has a folder in Dropbox that I work from and inside of that I put files and you know things like that it's something I just don't want to spend time on so while I'm in the mood to to get things done the last thing I want to be doing is organizing the files I know it saves me time and I know it's it's good for everyone when I do that but I get so lazy with it so I've got into the habit of um, renaming folders and files with an underscore at the beginning Mm -hmm. so that they appear first alphabetically. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just going to open a folder in front of me now because I now think I have. Let me double check. Yeah, okay, so I now have 36 folders with an underscore at the front of the name. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, uh, it's not even, it's not working for me, that system. I'm going to have to come up with something else now. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that I can't figure out how to improve without making that compromise on time, which I'm, I'm beginning to accept that I'm perhaps going to have to make. Um particularly when it comes to things like software that you build, you have to have several different versions. Mm -hmm. You know, I keep old versions that I've made anyway, just so that I can refer back to them. But there's also, whenever I'm experimenting with things, I have a current version and I have a, you know, an experimental version where I'm trying something out and then I end up forgetting what I've named them and things like that. I just, I do wish there was an easier way. There's an app called Hazel. Okay. Which allows to automate a little bit of uh, file management. Okay. Hazel. Hazel, yeah. Okay. It can look at file names. It can look at file content as well. Okay, yeah. And uh, based on the content of a file, mm -hmm. it can rename it. You could create a folder structure. It could be possible, let's say, that um, with uh, some, some Hazel rules. Yeah. Whenever you type a certain file. Right in a certain folder, yeah, it would automatically create subfolders okay. based on a template that, that you define. That is quite useful, actually. Mm -hmm. See, I, I can imagine that I might, for example, if I come up with something that I'm happy with, a structure that I'm happy with for mm -hmm. every time I, I decide to start working on a new version of an app, mm -hmm. then I could create a rule for that and just create one simple file and then that rule will take care of at least creating the folder structure for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then at least I have those folders there to put mm -hmm. things in. It makes things quite a little bit easier, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Hazel. Hazel, and it's compatible with Automator 2. Right. You could trigger an Automator script or an Automator action based on certain things. And it's useful for two kinds of automations, actually. So right. the one that I mentioned, so creating a folder structure. Mm -hmm. But if you already have a folder structure, like for your financial yeah. statements or bank statements or things like that, you know you have the structure, mm -hmm. but you download invoices, like you, right. you may have Stripe invoices, PayPal invoices, things yeah. like that. You could also use Hazel to look at the files and let's suppose that it's actually OCR, so there is text in it that's readable by Hazel. Mm -hmm. You can create rules so that whenever Hazel detects like certain st strings of characters, no way. or customer number, or things like that, or even Stripe. Yeah. So you create a certain number of triggers. 
mm-hmm. yeah, or conditions if you want. Yeah. And if all the conditions are met, then a certain action is done. And it could be actually renaming the file yeah. with the date of the invoice. That's You've picked on a perfect example as well, because every now and then I do have to do that and download a bunch of invoices and receipts and certain things. And every single service has its own way of naming invoices. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just random numbers. Yes. And then I have to open each one and see what it's for and what the date was and mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that. So yeah, that would be perfect. Mm-hmm to just download everything all at once, spend an hour downloading everything, and then run an action that will group them and organize them in a, in a way that, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is really cool. So what I can do is I will send you an example. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I will also put in, in the show notes some examples of Hazel rules that I have for like Amazon invoices or yeah. Stripe invoices or things like that. That's really cool. Yeah. Good. So, apart from the Mac Pro, mm-hmm. do you plan to upgrade any other device? So, I, I, I do normally invest in, um, whenever there's a new iPad or new iPhone announced, I'll, for the most part, I will I will go and purchase one of those. Um, so long as it, it does have something significantly different that might be of use to me. Mm-hmm. For example, I didn't, I didn't get the Series 3 Apple Watch because it's essentially hardware identical apart from now it has access to you know um, a data connection a mm-hmm. bit more than the other one does I, I know there's slight upgrades but you know there's nothing drastic there so if there's a new ios device that that offers some kind of hardware advantage particularly if my app can make use of it um, then, mm-hmm. I'll, then i'll invest in that um, so that's normally always the case for me again yeah i am just looking out for a new desktop solution at some point I don't know what to make of HomePod, really. Hmm. I am already invested in a different kind of audio solution, so um, hmm. perhaps that's not really for me. I don't have any concrete plans, but I know that perhaps whenever it's due, whenever the next um, iPad Pro is due, um, I'll see if there's anything in that that I could make useful. You hmm. make use of. Um, iPads tend to be the most u- useful for me. Um, most of my customers use iPads, and hmm. they tend to be able to do quite a lot with the iPad in terms of um, new hardware and enhancements, particularly now that we've seen iPhone X's hardware enhancements. um, I'm sure we'll see some of those transfer across to other devices. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens with those. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm sure within a year I'll have some new iPads, um, perhaps whatever the next iPhone will be um, too. So what's next for you and your business? So... Doing lots of updates, doing lots of updates. I mean, we talk a lot about iPhone 10. It's been a bit of a nightmare for me, but um, I'm finally ready with some updates that support iPhone 10 across all of my apps. So I'm quite excited to get those out of the door. I think they're only a few weeks away. What, what specifically was challenging in the case of your app? The way that I've built apps doesn't really lend itself to easily adapt to different screen sizes. Mm-hmm. So while I had built it to accommodate for, let's say, the iPhone SE and the standard iPhone 8 size and the iPhone 8 plus size Mm -hmm. it wasn't built in a way to kind of fluidly adjust to any new size that might be available so I've had to now kind of add in support for this new size that we see on iPhone 10 Mm -hmm. and it's actually quite interesting that the front-facing camera now is so close to the display since one of my one of my apps makes use of that on the other devices um, 
I've slightly changed how the UI lays itself out specifically on iPhone X to make even more use of the fact that the camera is so close to the display. Mm. So there has been a few challenges doing that, but it's working well for me. I've also managed to build in a, new, build in a, um, a cloud platform, which means you're able to sync your content between different devices. Mm. Something that I've been working on for a little while now. It's, I feel like I should bring it out in this release, so that'll be a few weeks away. I do have a new version of a teleprompter app that's on the way, um, although that's a little bit further away. So that, that's what I'll be working on for the immediate future. Mm-hmm. and we'll never know maybe i'll start looking at new platforms and things i get more and more customers asking me about support on different platforms so mm-hmm. i'll be looking into that um but for now yeah i'm just concentrating on improvements and updates of what i've already got at the moment mm-hmm. so for the time being you're on your own yes yeah right now do you plan to scale the business to hire people ultimately yeah i do want a, a dedicated developer I mean, I wouldn't really call myself an app developer because I'm kind of Mm self-taught and there are things that I know I kind of struggle with, which, you know, somebody who's, you know, spent their life developing apps perhaps wouldn't find such a challenge as I would. And it would be nice to have that, that investment in that side of things, having someone Mm -hmm. full time, just doing all the things that I, I have to teach myself how to do and perhaps do and not quite as the, the best way it could be done. Um, so yeah, that that is definitely on the cards within the next eighteen months or so. Yeah, I think I think it's a it can only do good. Great. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. That's no problem. No, it was good. I'm I'm excited to install Hazel and and save myself hours of looking at folders with underscores at the beginning of the name. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you and your apps? Uh, so, if you're looking for an app, you know where to go. You go on the App Store. Um, mm-hmm. Take a look at um, some teleprompter apps. If you search for a teleprompter app, I'll be the first one there. So, you, you, mm-hmm. you'll know where I am. Otherwise, you can go to joelampro.com. Great. On social media, what's your platform of choice? Twitter is probably the best one. And I, um, I'm joelampro there as well. Thank you, Joe. All the links will be in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 2 so that's it for today and until next time my name is Damien Schroes wishing you a great day